intro would be that Limp Biscuit song. It's like, keep rolling, rolling, rolling. <laughs> and then we can lose all our viewers. Yeah, right. They probably love that song. Please message Latif if you love that song. <laughs> Limp Biscuit's like, what do you mean? I love this podcast. Imagine if Fred Durst was a fan. Who's the small guy? I know. I only know Fred Durst and the guy that would paint himself. I don't know too much about Limp Biscuit. Neither do I. Pretty much all I know about them is when they played Woodstock '99. It went really, really, really crazy. Like they they played that song "Break Stuff" and the crowd just rioted like bad. I only know about Limp Biscuit through The Simpsons. What do they do in The Simpsons? What you said, they were doing some show and things went crazy. And then he tried to slingshot the midget at Homer. <laughs> That's what I remember. I gotta look that up. I do not remember that. That was a great episode. It was spring break. Homer's like, yeah, that was a good one. Uh, did you get Disney Plus? No. No? I don't think I ever will. Really? How come? I have no reason to. Like, I, I don't Simpsons, like man. Disney movies. I'm not into Marvel movies. Mm. Um, I'm not a big Star Wars guy. Uh, I don't like cartoons in general. I don't really watch them. Someone's going to be listening to this on repeat and just seething (laughs) and looking, being like, where can I find this Latif guy? It's like, hey, there's this film. Some guy recommends it. There's a film podcast called Filmcraft. They listen to this episode, the first two minutes, like, I don't like Marvel, I don't like Disney, don't like Star Wars, don't like cartoons, don't like movies. I like Lip Biscuit, though. <laughs> Turn off. <laughs> uh, no, but it's, it's, that's not made for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm cool with Netflix. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. All right, well, we're going to do a... a... I guess somewhat bonusy episode, even though it'll probably just be released like a regular episode. Episode, and it's we just wanted to throw some funny stories out there about the crazy shit people have said to us that made us not want to work with them. So basically, it's a kind of don't say these things episode. Red flags. Yeah, even though I think we already did one on red flags, but it was a bit more practical and less like let's tell some funny stories i'll I'll go first i'll tell the one that i i told you about earlier so when we were making what we don't say uh i was looking to bring on a producer like the third draft or something uh i threw up an ad on craigslist this guy emailed me and i watched the short he had which i actually really quite enjoyed so i was like yeah you know let's meet up let's get a coffee as soon as i met the guy i realized that like you know He's not a weirdo, but he was a little, little strange, a little odd kind of thing, but nothing, nothing crazy. And then he had read the script and pretty much the first thing he said when I was like, what do you, what do you think of the script? He was like, yeah, you know, uh, you direct a lot on the page. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, you say like how the camera moves and like close up and wide shot and medium shot. I'm like, yep. Yeah. He's like, you can't do that can't do that you cannot do that in a script well why not he's like that's for the director to decide and I'm like well i am the director <laughs> and he's like yeah yeah i know that but like just generally writers can't do that you shouldn't direct on the page like it that's not your job 
which again, A, I am the director, and B, if anyone ever says this to you, don't work with that person because they're an idiot. Do whatever you need to do on the page to tell your story the best. If someone tells you this, they've, I don't know, read too many screenwriting books and jerked off to them. I don't know. Just don't work with those people. <laughs> That's true. All right, Latif, what do you got? Uh, well, I just want to talk about that for a second because like, okay. it's probably the most annoying thing for anyone to do ever. Mm. You know, it's like, say like you're a, I don't know, painter, right? Yeah. And you and you paint something beautiful. It's like an amazing painting. Mm. And then you put it in a frame. And then the frame's got like a black border. It's like black border. You can't do that. It's got to be in a green one, you idiot. It's not for you to decide. It's not, I don't know if that's a great analogy, but the point is, who cares? Yeah. You know, is, is the painting good? You know, is it a good painting? Can you change out the freaking frame later on? Like, is that the essence of what you're looking at? It's almost like, you know, someone looking at something and not seeing the whole picture. Yeah. Looking so specifically at something that is insignificant mm -hmm. and that's like something they choose to focus on and i always think that's like a huge issue you know people completely miss the mark when they do something like yeah. that and i have people do that frequently yeah um when they talk about writing or when they look at something they just like focus on shit that's insignificant yeah it's like if you made soup and someone like tried it and they're like wait you cut your garlic into cubes instead of slices. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, yo, you can't, you can't do that. <laughs> Why not? I just boiled it for an hour. Who cares? It's mush. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or even better, mashed potatoes. Did you cut these potatoes into halves or into quarters? Uh, can you tell? I mashed them. <laughs> exactly. Like those things don't really affect what's really going on, like what you're yeah. actually looking at. Uh, I think when people get too tied up with hard and fast rules, they are so far from what you're supposed to be thinking about mm -hmm. that you can almost tell that they have no idea what they're doing. Yep. You know, they're not really thinking about writing. They're thinking about the idea of writing. Mm -hmm. And then once you let go of that and you just write, it's like, that's really what you're going for. Yeah. Freeing. Uh, like, yeah, I think there are people listening that probably write, you know, pretty liberally. They, they don't think too much about rules. They just like to write stories. And they've probably gotten this from people too. Like, you can't do that. It's like, shut up. You can do anything you want. Which is, you know, like one of the reasons why I've never picked up a screenwriting book. I've never read one in my life. You know, I think that's a good call. I was listening to a podcast with... Um the guys that wrote A Quiet Place and their script was like 60 something, 70 something pages which already someone's going to be like, that's not a feature bro, features between 90 and 120 even though it isn't and then like yeah, they were saying how they would vividly describe sound on the page and then there would be five pages of typed script and then they didn't know how to describe something so page six would be like a hand-drawn thing and it's like sure it's some tons of people are gonna say you can't do that but guess what they did it they sold it 
and it made like a quarter of a billion dollars. So shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. Because like, I, I never learned screenwriting from like books about it. Mm-hmm. Like I learned from reading screenplays. Yeah. I would look at the screenplays of movies I really liked because I was like, how the hell did they write something like that? And I'd read like how these directors would write their scripts. Then I just steal from how they did things. And then that's how I figure out how to write things. But if you're like, you know, going from the textbook way of doing things, if anything's like not what the textbook says to do, you're going to freak out. Um, And I think that's like the worst way to approach anything. So yeah, go in with like an open, open mind and not think about rules too much. Use whatever you need to use to tell your story. Yeah, so that that guy is definitely a red flag in general. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Did a story come to mind for you? Someone will come to me with like a trailer idea or like a an idea for something that's supposed to be like a promotional thing, mm. and then later on they'll be like, "Hey, you know, we got this idea. We got all these crew and like these people, and we're trying to talk." to this and that but we don't have any money now but when we make the real thing you're in mm-hmm. if you help us do this one and i've always been like so skeptical of, of this because like i know that they don't have any of those things i've described they're banking on if the thing they do now works they might get a shot later on yeah. but there's no like guarantee as they suggest there is and i think that's a really um, cheap way to like make people do free work yeah. and, I, and I hate that because um, like I can see it and I usually just be like nah, I don't think it's a dumb idea um, if you can't pay me for this like how can I trust you later on you could just be like no fuck you we're big we're gonna get a real guy <laughs> you know <laughs> um, so which is probably what they would do if they actually struck it big probably yeah um, even if they did you know end up getting like the deal later on they're not gonna get you they're gonna get the best guy out there so already that's like a red flag to me like i I, i'd have a hard time saying yes to someone pitching me off like a future prospect of something so i'm always wary of like oh we're doing a trailer for this to get funding for you know the big one and when we get that money it's payday for you you know that's always like something to watch out for yeah. and, and graduates or dropouts might like hear that and and be like oh this is it man and you know there'll be adults and then maybe a big camera and that will be like oh this is the real deal but it turns <laughs> out like everyone has big cameras just one level up <laughs> yeah and there are a lot of adults um and when you first get into that world you're lured in by ideas and stuff but you got to be careful because ultimately once you get to the same level as everyone else you're like wait a second you're all faking it too mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah careful that reminds me of a podcast i listened to just the other day about um the orange cheeto president mr donald trump uh back in the 90s when he was building buildings um he would have a budget you know like 50 million dollars right and he would make his budget based off the idea that the last 30% of payments to contractors, he wouldn't pay them. Like that was in his budget. I'll promise them $100 and I'll give them $70. 
And then after that, when they're like, where's my money? He will say, I can't pay you the remaining 30%, but I promise I'll bring you on for the next project. So he just keeps like pushing it to the next. Yep. Uh. Yeah. And people that do that have no intention of ever being good to you. Don't fall for that. It's bad. I'll go with this one. Um, This one's another producer story. Uh, Also, while making what we don't say. Uh, If you ever meet up with someone and you're getting really good vibes off the person, but they ask you for money up front, specifically more money than you have up front, be very wary. And this person I, I met... She was actually fantastic. I really, really liked her. She had a decent amount of experience. She was excited about the project. A few of her notes were like, okay. <laughs> like there's a, a section in French in what we don't say. And I remember her saying like, well, is it going to be in French? I'm like, yeah. She's like, is it going to be like Quebecois? I'm like, yeah, probably. Like the actress we have is Quebecois, and I don't really see any reason to change it. She's like, well, what about France? Maybe we just make it a generic French accent. I was like, yeah, yeah, maybe, but if a couple people in France happen to see our movie and they don't like it because of the Quebecois accent, I'm not too heartbroken about that. (laughs) Which actually happened in New York, too. One of the audience members was from France and she didn't believe that Rachel actually spoke French because of the Quebecois accent. (laughs) Yeah, she still loved the movie though, so, which is good news. Um, But anyways, uh, I really liked this producer. She had some good experience. She seemed to know a decent amount about getting the movie out there, but she was like, before we even filmed this, I think she was asking for three or $4,000 up front for like costs to do promotional materials and make posters and get together pitch packages and send to potential people that might be interested in it and whatnot. And I'm like, okay, I understand where you're coming from. And if we had more money, it would be a fantastic idea. I would say do it, but you're asking for half of our budget and I just, I can't do this. And I told her like, look, if I give you this money, this movie's not going to get made. So do I want a bunch of promotional material or do I want to have a movie? And she was like, okay, well, I understand that, but it's, if I'm doing this movie, I need this money for these materials. And I had to be like, okay, well, you know, I guess I appreciate your honesty, but it's not going to happen at this point. So if someone's asking for an inordinate amount of money, whether, even if it's a little bit, like realistically, it's just a little bit of money, but it's a lot of your perspective, percentage of your budget just you gotta walk away don't do it or else your movie's not gonna get made also i just realized at the end of that story that that one's not really that funny it's more practical than funny (laughs) but i think it's a good lesson i thought it was hilarious i could tell from the laughter i was trying to hold it back (laughs) the teeth's literally blue in the face from holding in laughter Mm. what else you got i guess if if someone like brushes over something like if if they trivialize or play down the difficulty of doing something then i kind of like step back and go 
I don't think you know what it takes to do that. Can you give like a, an example? You know, to shoot something technically or to make something or to edit something in general, to do anything. If someone plays it down like it's not difficult or like, oh, it'll be easy. We'll just like do it. We'll just go shoot it. Yeah. Then I always go, you have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> um, and it's going to be a lot harder than you just said it would be because you have no idea what you're talking about. So when someone plays something down and they don't consider the specifics of something, I always step back and go, oh, there's going to be trouble. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Depends on who I'm talking to. Yeah. If I don't know them, then I'm a little more cautious. But even with you know someone that you know or have worked with, someone's like, yeah, it'll be easy. Then you got to like try to like talk to them and figure out what they mean by that. Mm-hmm. And never take that into consideration especially if like the person i'm speaking to is like not a hands-on person like if you're not someone who like you know gets stuff done i pry sometimes or i try to like ask questions if i get anything like ah it'll we'll just like do it you know like what do you mean like how many people how many days what are you going to use how are we going to get there where are we going to shoot like i'll start going a little aggressive to really make them think about these things. And then they start to go, oh, yeah, I guess we need that and this and this and that. It's like, yeah, exactly. We can't just do it. <laughs> so to me, it's like I I have a hard time when someone just trivializes something that's more complicated than it is. Because, like, there are times when I go, yeah, I can just shoot it. But I can. <laughs> you know, I've, I know the process from top to bottom. And you have what you need. Exactly. I know how to get it and deliver it but some people you know they can just say we'll just do it but they they have to like call six people to do the thing that they're talking about um whereas like you can say we can just do it and just two people go and do a pickup like we've done that a million times but if you are just like yeah we'll just we'll just go shoot the space thing it's like what (laughs) you know there's a lot of like, it's a lot of gray area between we'll just shoot and then the space thing. There's like, how are we going to, you know? So I'm always like, I'm wary of when someone like trivializes anything production wise. Ask questions, never just go along with it because you'll end up paying the price later. I think that's a fantastic suggestion. Okay, so we've both done two. Um, I think this will be interesting to end on this one because it's from both of us. And as soon as I start telling this, you'll know exactly where it's going. But it'll be interesting to get both perspectives. So, actually, I'm going three for three with the producer things. Uh, When we were making What We Don't Say, we met with this potential producer who brought his producing partner, uh, who happened to be a sound guy for some reason. And we had sent them party stories. They had read the script. The one guy was fairly cool, but his sound guy partner was just a nightmare. I remember being like, oh, well, you know, what do you think? And he was like, well, let me tell you about party stories. I don't know who shot that thing. They need a gaffer. It looked terrible. <laughs> and, like, and I was sitting right there. I yeah, was like... we're all at a small table, and he's just laying into us. Just saying, like... Not the worst stuff, in all fairness, but not great stuff by any stretch. And then we were like, okay, uh, well, if he brought you guys on, like, 
you'd be producers. So what would you charge for sound? Thinking he'd be like, well, I'm a producer. So zero, which is half the reason we wanted to meet the guy. He's like, well, I charge $1,050 per day. Keep in mind that I have a wheel cart. That means I need a van for every location we go to. And, uh, oh, what was his saving grace? He's like, I will work for deferred payments. <laughs> like, you know we're making a $6,000 movie here, right? Like, if we paid you, we would go over budget by 30% just to pay you. <laughs> and then he started making suggestions of, like, we should hire an orchestra for our score. <laughs> it's basically just, like, every red flag I could think of. <laughs> and not... Like, last episode we talked about how to give notes, and you kind of feel it out, and you're not a dick about it. This was just, like, blunt force trauma, man. But it wasn't even helpful. No, not it, at it all. It made me want to jump across the table and choke him. <laughs> I was like, what's wrong with you? Yeah, like, what was your your perspective of all of this? Because, like, I'm, I'm pretty sure we were both jaw-dropped the entire time. Yeah, I, I was like, oh, this might be interesting. You know, I've never met these guys. Matt says they seem reasonable. The one guy. Yeah, you never met the other guy. Not the guy we're talking about. And, you know, the issue is, like, at no point did they sound like they could imagine us making the movie that we're trying to pitch them. They're like, yeah, this is tough. I don't know how you guys... And in my head, I was like, man, like... Yeah, like, it's like, did you just come here to, like, spit on us? Like, what is this meeting about? They're just like, yeah, you know, I don't know how you're going to do that. That's That sounds crazy, you know, with that budget. Like, you know, how are you, you going to make this happen? And then just, like, if they're going to help you on the film, they should, like, at least offer you some sort of, like, you know, if, if I'm going to do sound on it, I get it's low budget. You can pay me, like... A smaller percentage of what I normally get paid mm-hmm. since we're producers on it. It's like, oh, of course, that sounds fair. But it's like, mm-hmm. you know what? You gotta pay me 1050 a day. <laughs> <laughs> and on top of that, I don't do overtime. Oh, yeah, you did say that. <laughs> and I was like, what the hell? It's like, what is this? Yeah, he's like, that's for an eight hour day. Anything over eight hours, time and a half. Anything over 12 hours, double time. I do not go past 16 hours. Yeah, and then he started breaking down our social media accounts and stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's like, you have this many views, you have this many followers. And I was like, you got a, you got a lot of information, at, you know, in a very short time. The best part was he was riffing on how many, like, followers and likes we have. But when we went on theirs later, they had, like, ten. <laughs> like... Well, yeah, to me the issue was, like, a, a, lot, of, a lot of that stuff was, like, very discouraging yeah because like we've only been doing it for like a year now Mm. but the difference is like we we, you know we do this podcast like all the time Mm. we're constantly um putting material out based on our movies all the time yeah like it's a growing thing but the good thing is you can see it growing the the great thing was like a year later we're shooting we finished shooting you know, we got the movie finished, got the trailer out. We've sent it out to festivals. 
who've seen it play at different places. And it's almost like if I could go back in time and slap him in the face and be like, you idiot. <laughs> because when I was sitting there at the table, before we, we had shot anything, I was like, you know, we're going to make this movie at some point. Yeah. It's going to be done. It's going to be out there. And then at the mom- in, in this moment, why am I sitting at this table with these idiots? <laughs> Pretty much because I'm like, I'm not getting any useful information from these people. They're no not, one was. They're they not even offering we um, help. Nope. So it's like, what was the point of this? Mm-hmm. You could just simply say, you know, we've never worked with you. We're not sure if we can make this, but good luck. But it's, yeah. it, it was like so far from that. I think my favorite part after all of that, too, was like the meeting ended and we were just jaw dropped. And it was like, uh, okay, we'll see you later. Like there was no conclusion or finality to it until the next day he emailed me and he's like, thank you for the offer to work on the movie, but I'm afraid I'll have to pass. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> it was very frustrating. And and you know what? That was very early in our filmmaking like journey i think that was like a year no only like a few months six months after party stories right yeah if that so we just came off that and we're like figuring out what the next thing is and we go into this meeting and it's just like this shit show mm-hmm. and you know if it's like you can kind of write it off like okay we'd expect that if it was like from some jackass executives yeah. these were like Two loser filmmakers just like us. <laughs> One of the best parts, too, is like, after we finished What We Don't Say, I got an email from them being like, hey, so um, if we wanted to like release our movies with your movies as a bundle, is that something you'd be interested in? Did they say that? <laughs> yeah. No way. Because they saw we started getting into festivals and everything. <laughs> oh. Like, I remember, I was like, yeah, send me a business plan. Because I knew they didn't have one. Of course, I never got one. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. They could suck it. <laughs> I sound a little bitter, but you have to understand, when I was sitting at that table, and we'd, we shot party stories, and I did all the cinematography on it, mm-hmm. and then the guy across from me was just like, yeah, you know, the lighting, the cinematography was pretty garbage. And I was just like, you son of a bitch. Your face is pretty garbage. Because he didn't know I was the DP. He just thought I was like, Matt's like filmmaking buddy well that's the other thing too i'm like how do you not know you knew who was coming to this meeting you've mm-hmm. seen the movie you didn't put these two names together that yeah. they're the same person <laughs> i know i know but you know in all fairness and this is not an in all fairness to them it's an in all fairness to us yes i think that fired us up oh yeah it was like you just fucking wait to see how good of a movie we're gonna make i guess I get a little redemption because I guess they saw the trailer and were like, can we bundle our movies? It's like, no! <laughs> uh, I, I, I completely forgot about that until you brought it up. Yeah, it's a good one, eh? What a ridiculous day that was. Yep. All right, well, until next week, this is Filmcraft. I don't know who we're sponsored by anymore because it's changing, but when we figure that out, we'll be sure... Yeah, thanks to Amazon for sponsoring this. No. Okay, bye.